Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the Gospel of John. Today is episode 170, and we're looking at John chapter 17, verses 6 through 19. This is the center part of Jesus' prayer, his high priestly prayer. Last time we looked at verses 1 through 5, his prayer about his own glory. Well, this time we're looking at the section where he prays for his disciples, that is, the the twelve minus Judas, so the eleven disciples. Let's read the passage, John 17, verses 6 through 19. I have revealed your name to the people you gave me from the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you, because I have given them the words you gave me. They have received them and have known for certain that I came from you. They have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, because they are yours. Everything I have is yours, and everything you have is mine, and I am glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I was protecting them by your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them is lost, except the son of destruction, so that the scripture may be fulfilled. Now I am coming to you, and I speak these things in the world, so that they may have my joy completed in them. I have given them your word. The world hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I'm not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. I sanctify myself for them, so that they also may be sanctified by the truth. This is Jesus' prayer for his disciples they finally seem to be getting a a grasp of of what's going on. Jesus really is leaving them and going to the Father. He really is on a divine mission. They don't understand what's going to happen with the cross, but they're in for a rough time. Now, Jesus has promised them the coming of the Holy Spirit. He even said, it'll be better for you that I do go because it'll be better with the Holy Spirit after I'm gone. But they're in for some tough times. So he prays for them. He is praying for the 11. He says in verse 6, I have revealed your name to the people you gave me from the world. So revealing the Father's name. That is revealing the Father. When we talk about the name, we're talking about everything about that person. So the name of God just refers to everything about God. So when he says, I revealed your name, he means I revealed you to these people, to the people you gave me from the world. So specifically, these were people that the Father gave Jesus. Then they came from the world. Now through it, he makes this distinction between being in him and being in the world. They were part of the world, but now they are no longer part of the world, and they have been given to Jesus the Son by the Father. He says, they were yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. Well, we see this linkage between Jesus and the Father. It's, it's, it's so, uh, there's no real distinction there. Uh, to know one is to know the other. So these were 
followers who God had called out, God had then given them to Jesus. And he says, they've kept your word. It doesn't mean they have perfect obedience, but they're following the instructions that Jesus has given them. Number seven, he says, now they know that everything you've given me is from you because I've given them the words you gave me. We had this discussion earlier that uh, they say, now we believe that you are the one sent from the Father. Do they believe fully? Do they, is their belief 100%? No, but they do believe him now. And he says they have received them. He's talking about the words that the Father gave him. He says they have received them and have known for certain that I came from you. They have believed that you sent me. So three things here that he's, he's describing his disciples. They've received them, that has received the words that the Father gave Jesus and have known for certain that he's from heaven, that he is of divine origin, and they have believed that the Father has sent him. And in verse 9 he says, I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but those you have given me because they are yours. Now, this is not to say that he doesn't care about the world. We know he cares about the world because the Father cares about the world. Back in John 3.16, for God so loved the world. That's the very reason that Jesus was sent on this mission is God's love for the world. So it's not that he doesn't care, but he is particularly concerned about his disciples right now. These are his people. These are people that the Father has given him to be his people. These are the people he's now entrusting with his mission that he had, the very mission that the Father sent him on, he is now entrusting to his disciples. That's why he's praying for them. In verse 10, he says, Everything I have is yours, and everything you have is mine, and I am glorified in them. How is it that Jesus is glorified in his disciples. Well, it's because of their belief. That brings glory to the Son, which brings glory to the Father, because they're, again, in, indistinguishable. But it's because of their belief in him. Verse 11, he says, I am no longer in the world. Well, yeah, he's not gone to heaven yet, but he's speaking in present tense because effectively he's there. He is at the end of his ministry. He is going to be dead in a few hours. So, effectively he's on on his way out he says i'm no longer in the world but they are in the world and i am coming to you holy father protect them by your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one so he prays for protection for his followers his disciples he prays that the father would protect them because he's not going to be there to protect them as he has been And notice the goal here, that they may be one as we are one. He's praying for unity. We see this a lot. We'll see it in the third section quite a bit, this this desire for unity among his disciples. Now, he, he doesn't say they may become one, but then they may be one. That's a, a present continuous thing. So that, that essentially that they may continue as one. The unity's already been given. His prayer is that they would remain unified. And the example would be the unity that the Father and Son experience. He says that they may be one as we are one. So the desire is that the followers of Jesus would experience the same kind of unity that is 
exist in the Trinity. In verse 12, he says, while I was with them, I was protecting them by your name that you had given me. So while he was there, while he was physically with this band, he was the one who provided the protection. He says, I guarded them, and not one of them is lost, except the son of destruction, so that the scripture may be fulfilled. Now, Judas is not some hapless victim here, that he was uh, just given up so that the scripture would be fulfilled, and he had no choice in it. No, Judas was evil. Judas made a conscious choice. Judas betrayed Jesus. And he, so he's just described here as the son of destruction. And it's not that uh, somebody said, well, gosh, we got a, a scripture to fulfill. Somebody's got to go. It's the, the scripture describes this because it's going to happen. So God knew that Judas would betray Jesus. That's why it, the, the scripture describes it that way. He says, now I'm coming to you. and I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy completed in them. So he's speaking these things here and now before he goes to heaven and desires that uh, his disciples would experience his joy. Verse 14, he says, I have given them your word. That's a big statement right there. Now he's not saying I gave them the Bible, but everything he has taught them, all that he has been teaching them over the last three years is you would describe just as his word. Now he says, I have given them your word. So he's given them the word from the Father. And he says all along, all the only words I give are the words that the Father gave me. But again, there's this unity with the, the Father and the Son. And so I have given them your word. The world hated them because they're not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Now, they were part of the world. He said back in verse 6, he said, the people you gave me from the world. But his position now is they're no longer part of the world. And that's his distinction, either in the world or in Christ. You're physically in the world, but spiritually, when we are born again, that's the way he described it with Nicodemus. When we come to Christ, when we experience rebirth, become a new creation, we're no longer spiritually part of the world. We're spiritually part of God's kingdom. And so that's where we get this term we talk about being in the world, but not of the world. And it's just as Jesus. Jesus was in the world, but Jesus wasn't of the world. And so he says, they're not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I'm not praying that you take them out of the world, but you protect them from the evil one. Yeah, we would say, well, if we're not part of the world, why are we in the world? Well, same reason that Jesus came to be in the world, even though he was not of the world. He came with a mission. He came with the mission that the Father had given him. And that mission was to eventually die on a cross to pay the penalty of sin to provide eternal life and we have a mission and it is to continue the mission that Jesus started by proclaiming the gospel of eternal life that others might come to believe and become followers of Christ that's why he's not taking them out of the world he's leaving them in the world to carry on the mission but they do need protection from the evil one because the the ruler of the world is the evil one and he's in opposition to what the people of God are doing. 
In verse 16, he repeats it. He says, they're not of the world just as I am not of the world. He says, sanctify them by the truth. Now, the word sanctify means to make holy, to set apart, to make separate, to be separated. And so, in what sense separated? Well, separated from the world, back to, you're either part of the world or you're part of the kingdom. And so he said he wants to sanctify them, that is, make them holy, make them separate, make them separate from the world. And he's doing that, or his prayer is that that would happen through the truth. Sanctify them by the truth. And he defines that, your word is truth. Now back in verse 14, he said, I have given them your word. And it's that word that will sanctify them. Verse 18, it says, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. I sanctify myself for them so that they may also be sanctified by the truth. So he talks about himself being set apart, made separate, made holy. He set himself apart to carry out the mission that the Father had given them. And based on what he has done, his followers can be sanctified by the truth that is set apart from the world, separate from the world, in the world, but not of the world, to carry out the mission to the world. And so this this is a big theme here, that uh, the followers of Jesus, this specific part he's talking about, the disciples. But the principles are there and and bleed over to the rest of us. But being in the world, but not of the world, being sanctified, that is set apart, separated from the world, made holy, made holy by what Christ has done on the cross, and then remaining in the world, even though we're not of the world, to carry on the mission that Jesus has left with us to carry on. Now the good news is we carry it on with the Holy Spirit intimately involved in what we're doing. But this is Jesus' prayer for his disciples for the eleven. These guys who have been following him around for the last three years and have been faithful. They haven't been perfect, but they've been faithful. And he's leaving everything in their hands now. He's not leaving them alone. They will have the Holy Spirit. Next time we'll look at the the final part of this prayer where he prays for those who will follow them. Those who will come to faith as a result of the ministry of the apostles. So thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of John.